values. These are the core things that we use to, um, to, to determine how we live our lives. I mean, your, your values, if you think about it, are core beliefs, and they shape everything you do. Uh, some would say today that beliefs don't matter. I have a, a guy I know that he wrote a book called The Belief-Behavior Connection. It was a study on criminal behavior, but it, was, it showed how our belief system impacts how we behave. And uh, it was a very uh, good, well-written book with a lot of research, and, and it does matter what we believe. It matters a lot. Matter of fact, if you look at the screen, you can see your beliefs determine your behavior, and your behavior determines who or what you become. And, and so that just, that's the way it works. And so it starts with beliefs. So the kind of person you are at the core is based on what you've chosen to value in your life. In other words, your convictions in life determine your conduct, and your conduct determines your character. And God is always concerned about what our character is. And so we're going to look at that just a little bit. Now, if you want to build a life of lasting significance, you need to understand that lasting success and significance comes because it's based on values that last. And that's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks. Now, I'm going to do this series a little different than some. And uh, so the second part of this message series is Wednesday night. We're going to look at responsibility. The third part will be next Sunday. And, uh, and so I know some of y'all, it would be like pulling a tooth to get you out on a Wednesday night, but that's just the way it's going to be. So you can either watch it on Facebook or you can come see us. Uh, but um, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. I think one thing most people in America will agree on, doesn't matter what your politics are, doesn't matter whether you, uh, whatever it is, uh, we would agree that America is on a moral decline. I mean, there's, there's just no arguing that point. Uh, there's, there's a decaying of our moral value in our culture. And, uh, and so some polls even so, show that 80, up to 80% of Americans believe the moral decay of our society is the number one, number one issue. And, and really, if you think about it, you know, we, we think it might be the economy or, or borders, but a lot of those are moral issues. The economy, uh, greed is a moral issue, and greed is alive and well in America, not only in our corporations, but in our people. Uh, prejudice is alive and well. That's a moral issue uh, in our, er, among our people, so it, it shows up in and businesses and stuff like that, and, and uh, immorality is alive and well. All these things are moral issues in our culture, and, and, uh, and so we've got a, we, you know, I mean, we've got DAs that no longer prosecute crimes. I mean, we've got a DA in, in New Orleans that stated when he came in, I'm not going to prosecute drug crimes. I mean, how dumb is that? But you know what? If one of our deputies chases a person in a car into New Orleans, he'll prosecute our deputies. Is that, is that by, like backwards? I mean, that's backwards. So where have the values gone? You can see a crisis of values in every, every, every area of life. Politics, business, education, entertainment. I probably should have put them all on one slide. He's back there flipping them as fast as he can. And religion. You can see, you can see a crisis of values in every one of these. If I asked you, maybe I'll go back slower so you can write them down. Politics, business. Education, entertainment, and religion. If, if I asked you to write probably a headline in any one of those areas, you could do it. You, you could find it. I mean, politics is real easy. Just turn the TV on. Uh, business, you can re, read articles on that. Education. 
I mean, we've now got, got the FBI is going to go to school board meetings for parents that don't like what the school board's pushing on the kids. You know, I mean, go figure that out. Uh, you know, religion, all kinds of things. So what is the cause of all this? I'm going to give you two words for the answer. It's truth decay. Not tooth decay, truth decay. Uh, you know, uh, tooth decay is real easy. You go to the dentist, they take care of it. Truth decay, a little bit, you know, in our, in our culture, we no longer value truth. We don't. I mean, our news media sure doesn't. But you know why they don't? Because we don't. And, uh, and we value convenience. Is it easy? And we value pragmatism. Does it work? So is it easy and does it work? That's what I care about. Not whether it's true, not whether it's right or anything else. And so um, that's a real major shift in values that's taking place in our lifetime or in my lifetime. And, uh, and it's a major shift because when I was young, there, were, there was an agreed-upon set of things that were right all the time and an agreed-upon set of things that were wrong all the time. And, and I used to say this, every time I've ever said, done something that got me in trouble, I knew I was doing something wrong ahead of time. It wasn't like, oh, I didn't know that was wrong. No, I knew it was wrong. You knew it was wrong. And, and now it's not that way today. It's different. We've got a generation of people that don't know the difference between right and wrong. And, 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 and we've got a lot of our culture says there is no absolute right or wrong. And, uh, and what might be right for you is wrong for me, and what might be right for me is wrong for you. And, and so, you know, it, it just it can go back and forth. And, and so what happened? How is it in one generation of people, my generation, we've gone from an agreed set of right and wrong to anything goes? How have we done that? And, and uh, you know, uh, it, it, matter of fact, if you say something is absolutely true, you're going to get attacked. Just go put something on Facebook that you say, this is right all the time. See what happens to you. And, uh, and you'll be attacked. So what's the cause? I'm going to give you three uh, things, three destructive philosophies that have contributed to, to this. One, write this down, is individualism. This is, it's all about me. I live for myself, and, and only I can judge what's right for me. Uh, uh, you know, you can't judge what's right for me. You can't tell me what to do, uh, you know. Um, you know, a sur survey of CEOs and other executives showed that when they're facing a tough decision, they consult themselves most of the time instead of wise counsel. What does the Bible say? Seek wise counsel, right? Uh, you know, and, and only 3% of them stated that they prayed about it. Might show why some of our businesses are in some of the shape they're in. You know, and, and, and that's nothing new. I mean, this has been around for a long time. I mean, and Israel suffered with that, and the result was anarchy, and I think that's kind of the way we're headed. Look at, look at Judges 25. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. All the people did what seemed right to them. Is that not where we are? I mean, we got a king. I mean, we got an administration. They think they're a king. They want to mandate everything. But, but you know, we've got we've, Israel, everybody did what they thought, was right. There was no caring about the common good, no caring about what's good for our nation or whatever. We're just going to do what we think is right. And that's, that's where our culture is. And, and uh, it doesn't matter what side of politics you're on or whatever, that's where our culture is. It's right for me, it's right. Okay? It might not be right for you, 
But, uh, you know, and so that's, where we're, that's what we've got. This number two cause of this is secularism. Secularism summed up with this. God just isn't necessary. God just is not necessary. I don't need God. I, I, I mean, it's not that I don't believe in God. You just don't believe that you need Him in your life. And, and a lot of people are that way. And, and we have systematically, over the last 50 years, been removing God from every area of public life. People say, well, we took prayer out of schools. We did. Uh, we've, we, you know, um, we've tried to, they, you know, our culture would like to keep you right here in these walls. Just don't take Jesus outside the walls, you see. And so that's what our culture wants us to do. We, you start talking, you didn't even say God outside, but you start talking about Jesus, people get squirrely out there. Because, see, oh, well, you know, and that's secularism. You know, when I started school, and let me tell you, this has changed in a generation. When I started school, we opened with a prayer over the intercom and the Pledge of Allegiance. Now we have schools wanting to do the Pledge of Allegiance. And if you do a prayer, oh, my goodness, they fire coaches. They fire people over that. And, and so that's all changed, you know. And, and uh, you know, it, it, uh, you used to have Ten Commandments. You know, I don't know what part of the, which one of the Ten Commandments is a bad one, you know, but... Uh, you know, they don't like those anymore. We've got court cases about whether you can have Ten Commandments. Y'all remember Judge Moore over in Alabama. He had the Ten Commandments on his courthouse. He said, I'm, I'm going to keep them there. And some court ruled that he had to take them down. And the governor said, we've got the National Guard protecting that courthouse. Come try. You know, and I, I mean, it's craziness. But most of our laws come out of the Ten Commandments. Our form of government comes out of the Bible. Uh, you know, it, but, but it's opposite. You know what I mean? Uh, talk shows put moral filth on them. TV shows do the same thing. And most people don't go to church today. And that's changed from 50 years ago. Uh, you know, and uh, so the number one initiator of values today isn't God. It's not the Bible. It's not church. It's social media. Social media. It used to be TV, but now it's this little thing we carry around in our pocket. Whatever's trending. That's what we want. Whatever's trending, that's who we're going to be. And the, and the Bible has something to say about that. Romans, Paul said this in Romans one twenty five. They, that's us, traded the truth of God for a lie. We've stopped believing what God says, and we believe the lie that anything goes. He said, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of God himself. Think about that. Instead of worshiping God, we worshiping what he made. That's why you got people worship trees or cows or whatever, you know. Worship the God who made those. See, secularism or materialism in this case is when you worship things instead of the creator that made them. And when you worship things instead of God, that's when things start going wrong. Listen, there are more people outside the walls of churches in this city right now than there are in. And that's a bad thing. That's not good. The third one I want you to look at is relativism. Relativism. This is the one that, that's prevalent today. There are no absolutes. There's nothing universally right or wrong. I mean, the idea that what's right for you, it might not be right for me, like I said. No one can really say something's either right or wrong because, uh, you know, you, you don't believe that there is. I mean, you know, it's just vague. It's, everything's relative. Here's, here's the thing. There's a saying that goes along with this, and it's, it's up on the screen. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're what? Sincere. 
How many of you heard that? We've even had the Pope said that. It doesn't matter what faith you have, as long as you're sincere in their faith. The Word of God says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to me but through me. Comes to the Father but through me. See, it doesn't matter as long as you're sincere. What if I walked up and sincerely stole your car? I'm sincere. I needed a car. I knew a guy one time robbed banks. He was a tenant in a rental house we had. And, and I asked him one day, how'd you get to robbing banks? He said, well, I thought I had a big settlement coming. And, and he said, and it didn't come, and I'd bought all this stuff. And so I went out and robbed a bank to pay my bill. Now, he was tithing to a church. I won't name the church he was tithing to. He was, I said, I'm not sure tithing works on bank robbery money. He said, well, I only did two and a half years on four bank robberies. He robbed four banks. I mean, and, 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 you know, he was sincere. He just needed the money. He still went to jail, but, I mean, you know. So, I mean, you, you can be sincere and be wrong, but, but you know, I mean, it's, it's just like, it's like if I put poison in your coffee and you believed it was a good cup of coffee and drank it, you'd sincerely be dead, all right? Uh, you know, but, I mean, you know, it, so sincerity doesn't necessarily work. Uh, listen, when Pete, it matters whether it's true or not. When somebody tells you the truth with love, they love you. When somebody just says, oh, whatever you want, they don't love you. Okay? And, uh, and, and so that's wrong. So there also, the second part of this relativism thing is that there are no absolute truths. There's nothing that's true all the time. You know, this is, what the, this is what's taught. I mean, it's, it's, it's the prevailing philosophy in our culture. And it's illogical and it's irrational. I mean, don't, don't ever let anybody mess with you by saying it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere or that there's no absolute truth. The, the statement that there is no absolute truth is irrational because it's an absolute statement. Think about that for a minute. You can't say there's nothing true because you just made an absolute statement. I mean, and there's some things that are absolutely true. Gravity. Go get up on top of the building and step off and see. You're not going to float. You're going to fall. Okay, so gravity works. You're sitting in these chairs because gravity pulls you down. I, I remember when we shot a rocket to the moon, you know, that was big stuff. I mean, back in the day, people would get on their little black and white TV and watch them shoot that Apollo thing up in the air. They didn't shoot it at the moon. They shot it at where the moon was going to be when they got to it. Because if they shot it at the moon, the moon would be over here. They, because some things are absolute. There's, there's laws of physics that are the way they are every single time. Gravity's a certain way. The moon doesn't change speeds as it goes around the, the earth. It stays the same. And so there are absolutes. I mean, think about this. You go to, you go to CVS or Walgreens. I won't pick on CVS. Uh, I don't want to get a letter. You know, or any pharmacy. And you say, hey, I need to decongest it. But they bring you an antidepressant. You're still clogged up. You might be happy, but you're still clogged up. I mean, that's no good, right? It, it's, it's important for you to get the absolute right medicine when you're going to the doctor. I mean, think about it. You know, I mean, don't, don't let anybody. I mean, think about this. What if there was no traffic law? No stop signs, no lines in the road. No, no. How many of y'all go drive up Manhattan? No, you wouldn't. You'd be dead. You'd be dead. No traffic laws, it'd be bad. I mean, here's the thing. Even people who don't believe in absolutes, they start to be believers when it impacts them. 
You know, if you were my neighbor and I decided I'm going to build a shed and half of it's going to be on your property, you start believing in absolutes. That's the property line. You're on my side. Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's... No. See, we, we just want what's convenient for us, don't we? So, I mean, you know, that's kind of... That's what, that's what this is. Don't let anybody fool you. You know, individualism, secularism, relativism, it's been around a long time. And the relativism, that's the prevailing attitude in our society, one of the big things that goes along with it is tolerance. Got to be tolerant. We were, we were at a conference one time. We had a, I don't know what she was. We were in there. This lady, she was a tree worshiper or something. I'm, I, I mean... She was nuts. I mean, people from all over the world, and 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 this she's she's talking, and the guys teaching the class is agreeing with her. He's supposed to be a Baptist preacher, and and he's up there, and 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 yeah, you know, we were we were kind of being tolerant of it because we knew people from different beliefs were there. It wasn't a Christian conference; it was a a police chaplain's conference. You got you got Muslim, you know, different ones, and 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 until she attacked the Word of God. We were pretty. We were pretty. All right, but then they the, the, the guy made a statement. If you believe the first five books of the Bible, you're a fool. And there was a guy sitting beside me from Great Britain, and I was watching him. His temperature was rising the whole time. And when that guy said that, he went red through the head. I mean, it it went up. And and when when he got done, the tree woman was crying, and she said. What's wrong with y'all Christians? Y'all are just intolerant. And I said, we were being pretty tolerant until you attacked us. And that's what society and culture is. They want us to be tolerant of them. They don't want to be tolerant of us. So, and, and that's kind of the new tolerance. But, you know, it used to be, you know, the word tolerant has kind of been redefined. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like this. Uh, it used to be. Uh, it means this. I will respect you and treat you with dignity even though I disagree with you. See, we used to could disagree with each other and still like each other and still, still be friends. We could disagree. You can't do that anymore. Today, you know, and the Bible teaches we're supposed to be that kind of tolerant. We're supposed to be that. We're supposed to accept people and give people dignity and respect and all those kinds of things. And, and we can do that without approving their lifestyle. Jesus didn't approve of lifestyles. He gave the woman that was caught in adultery, he wrote the things in the sand he said, where are those who condemn you? She said, there are none. He said, then I don't condemn you either. But here's what he said. He didn't say, hey, just go on and find another guy and hook up. No, he didn't say that. He said, he said this, go and sin no more. You see, he didn't approve of what she was doing, but he loved her. And there are people in our lives that we don't approve of what they're doing, but we need to love them and give them respect and give them and, and, and treat them with dignity. Now, what tolerance has been redefined as, and that means this, that every idea is equally valid, equally true, and every lifestyle is right. That's what our culture calls tolerance. They don't want you to be tolerant of, of them. They want you to embrace their beliefs because their beliefs are as good as your beliefs. I'll say this again, and Jesus himself said it. So he's either a liar or he's the Lord of the universe. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. That means you don't get there through Buddha, you don't get there through being good, you don't get there through being whatever, you don't get there through kissing trees, you don't get there through whatever. You get there through Jesus. And that's, and that's what he's saying. And, and, and we've, 
we've gotten this idea. We call it political correctness today. But it's just this idea that everybody, every idea is just as good as the other. Let me tell you what Jesus said is not just another religion. It's the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible talks about, Paul said this, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Do you think there's a few people in our world that are hopelessly confused? Now, some of them think we're confused. I mean, if if you've ever listened to some of the people on TV try and explain an anti-God in in an anti-God way, what's going on, and you're going, how in the world can they believe that? Paul said they're hopelessly confused. He said their minds are full of darkness, and, and they wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their mind, they've hardened their hearts against Him. Now listen, most people who are out there who who don't want anything to do with God They don't really have, well, some may, but they don't really have an intellectual problem with God. They, if they recognize there's a God who's sovereign over everything, they've got to submit to him and do what he says. And they want to be their own boss, individualism. They want to live for them. They want to be the way they want to be. And it's it's a it's a submission thing. He said they've closed their minds, they've hardened their hearts, they have no sense of shame. I mean, sounds like Mardi Gras, doesn't it? But it sounds like our culture, you know. I'll never, never forget. They interviewed somebody on TV, and, and oh, they were mad. They were mad because their picture of them without their shirts on got their mama saw them up in Alabama somewhere, and and it's like no sense of shame. Well, you'll take it off, but you don't want you. I mean, you don't want your mama to see it. Don't do it. All right. I mean, some people are so open-minded, their brains have fallen out of their head. So open minds need to be closed for repair. I mean, they're not even thinking. Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go. I think today he might say, let my people have a brain. I don't know, let my people think. You know, use your brain. Don't be fooled by the foolishness of our culture. We have got to learn to base our lives on something that doesn't change, and culture changes. So what's the cost of all these philosophies? We're going to look at this. Just write this, write this down. Our culture is collapsing. That's the cost of what this of all these philosophies has been. We have a culture that's collapsing. And it's not just Christians that are noticing these. People from all different walks of life see this. Time Magazine did a headline a while back saying, lying, everyone's doing it. Another magazine, violence, goes mainstream. I mean, have you ever seen... I'm I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm older than a lot of you. And I'm not as old as Larry and some others. But I mean, you know, I mean, you know, but, but... But here's the thing. Crime is worse than I've ever seen it in my lifetime. And, and so you, you've got, you know, you've got all that going. Uh, porn, uh, there was a, a, a thing, America is the number one producer and user of pornography. Suicide's rampant. Sexual immorality, uh, horrible desire, pedophilia, all kinds of sex crimes are, are rampant. We, you know, uh, it's beyond my understanding how we can be a modern country and have the human trafficking insane there was that that uh, court case mom I want a divorce this kid wanted to divorce his parents I mean what is happening to the American character and here, here's the answer we are living in a generation that has forgotten God we're living in a generation that's forgotten God all of a sudden with no God there's no truth and as a result we've got a collapsing 
culture. Let me give you some statistics. They change from year to year, but in the next 30 minutes, 228 children are going to be beaten, molested, or abused. In the next 30 minutes, 57 are going to run away from home. Three-fourths of the girls will sell themselves to survive. Today in America, get this, adult bookstores outnumber McDonald's. You think we're living in a decaying culture? That's, y'all, yeah, and y'all know, now you know why I told a joke at the beginning, right? Every day in America, 3,288 children run away. 1,096 never return. 4,896 become, children become victims of divorce every year. 14 kids are murdered every day in America. Uh, probably more than that now. 3,356, 3,356 kids drop out of high school. 3,533 babies are born to unwed mothers and another 1,128 commit abortion. 18 teenagers die every single day to suicide. 45% of the teens regularly use alcohol and six kids every single day in America are going to die of an alcohol-related accident. Do you think we're going in the right direction? I mean, I could keep reading, but I'm not. Uh, might have to tell that joke again, you know, I mean, get y'all back up. Here, listen, America is now the leading producer of pornography. We lead every nation in that, every single nation. We think it's going to happen over there, but it doesn't. We're also the nation with the most citizens incarcerated of any nation in the world. So putting people in jail, we found, does not work as far as changing the moral, does it? That's the cost of these philosophies. Solomon said this in Proverbs. He said, where there is ignorance of God. Let me talk about that. We have a society that's ignorant of God. When, when I started helping Pastor Kathy at Rivard many years ago, most of those kids, even though they were in there for something, they'd had a grandmother that took them to church. If you said Moses, they knew who Moses was. If you said Noah, they knew he built a boat. You say Noah today, they don't have a clue. We have a culture that is now ignorant of God, ignorant of the stories of the Bible because churches don't bring people in for kids' church and stuff like that anymore. We're not reaching out like we used to as a church, as the body of Christ. There's an ignorance of God. And he says, where there's an ignorance of God, which we have, crime runs wild. Look at Chicago. Look at, look at all the big cities. Look at New Orleans. I mean, it's like crazy. But what a wonderful thing it is for a nation to know and keep his laws. So we're seeing this every day. Why, why is there so much crime and breakdown and violence and to the point where people are afraid to go out of their homes? People in Lakeview are afraid to go out at night. They're getting carjacked in the middle of the daytime over there. If there's no God, there's no standard of truth. And if, and if there's no standard of truth, then anything goes. If I want to come burn down your house, I can. Because there's no absolutes. You know, there's no objective standard. It may be right to me, but obviously it's wrong to you, right? And, and so, I mean, how many of you, don't raise your hand because I don't want to incriminate the guilty. There's a game called Words with Friends. A lot of y'all play. I get invites from people to play. I don't do that. But if, if you try and make up a word, that thing says, nope, not a word. But I want it to be a word. Nope, it's not a word. There's no way to get around it. Why? Because there's an absolute, that's not a word, you see. And, and, and so that's what's happening. We want, we want things the way we want them. 
We want things the way we want them. I mean, the, the, the Word of God, the Bible, tells us the truth. There's a lot in it that I don't understand. There's a lot in it that's hard to live by. There's a lot of it. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's got a lot in it. You know, but it's truth because it comes from God. And if I say something that contradicts it, it's not the Word of God that's wrong. It's me that's wrong. And so our culture's collapsing. And I, I mean, I've heard people say this. You know, they come to church and but i got to be a certain way at work. I'm going to be unethical. It's dog-eat-dog dog out there. You know, and, and, uh, and so uh, that's not a good place to be. Every culture has collapsed when people get to that point where I've got to do whatever it takes. It's a flip-flopping of values. I mean, what used to be called right is now being called wrong. We, you know, work used to be a good thing. Now standing at home drawing a lot of money is a good thing. You know, I mean, we flip-flop values. We call things wrong that were right. What used to be called perverted is now being called sophisticated. It's a flip-flopping of valuables. I mean, look at these examples. We're turning criminals into celebrities. We put them in jail. They write a book. They make a movie out of it, and they get rich while they're in jail. In our society, we've got pornographers whose own daughters have called them incestuous, and yet they're being nominated for Oscars. On the other hand, a first grade boy kisses a little girl in school and he's kicked out of school for sexual harassment. Go figure. You honor one and destroy the other. What's going on? We kill millions of unborn babies and elderly people every day and don't think anything about it. But we protest the killing of insects and animals like rats. I remember one time, years ago, we have these things that eat our canals up called nutria. And, and the parish council voted, and they were going to poison the nutria. And a woman came out of the council meeting, and TV got her, and, and tears were coming down her face. Her mascara was dripping off. looked kind of like Kiss in concert. And, uh, I mean, it's dripping down, and, and, and she's going, this is the worst thing since the Holocaust. She just equated killing rats, nutria, to killing that was what she just equated that to. I'm, I mean, you know, so Harry Lee fixed it. He said, oh, we're not going to poison them. We're going to shoot them for target practice. And so <laughs> deputies would go out at night with their night vision scopes and shoot hundreds of nutria at night, you know, to, to get rid of the problem. But listen, we've gone crazy. I mean, we've gone crazy. I mean, on one hand, you say marriage is out of date. We say, look, is, marriage is out of date. People just live together. That's okay. You know, don't get married. Unless you're gay, then marriage is a big thing. We're having a war over gay marriage. I mean, think about it. Something is haywire. Isaiah said this. They, that, they say that what is right is wrong, and what is wrong is right, that black is white and white is black, bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Let me tell you something. God's not going to be mocked, and you need to understand we're going to reap what we're sowing and we are reaping what we've been sowing for the last 50 years in our culture. We're reaping what's, what, what's been going on, a valueless uh, culture, and we're reaping that. Uh, Proverbs 29, 18 says this, A nation without God's guidance is a nation without order. You know what they call that? Chaos. Chaos. Our nation was founded with two presuppositions. We've got to understand this. One, that our rights were endowed by our Creator. And number two, we're to follow the basic moral laws that he set out. See, our rights were given to us by God, the creator, 
and we're expected to follow his moral law. That's where we were founded, and, 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 uh, and we've gotten off of that. We've gotten off of that. You know what's interesting? They studied 15,000 documents uh, from the founding fathers of our nation, letters, articles, documents, and something like 34% of the, all the quotes of our founding fathers were basically from the Bible, were directly from the Bible. Isn't that something? That entire concept of our Constitution, as well as our Declaration of Independence, a lot of that came from the Bible, from the Ten Commandments. But even if our founding fathers didn't believe in God or didn't believe in the Bible, truth is truth. So the question as we go into this series over the next few weeks is not how can I change society, but how can I live a life of value in a world that can't even decide what's right and wrong. How can we live a life of value in that? We're going to talk about that. We can do that. Psalm, uh, Psalm 11.3 says this, When the foundations of life are undermined, what can a righteous person do? We're going to talk about that for a few weeks. So let me, let me give you a little bit of it today. The cure is this. The cure is this. Write this down. Rebuild the foundation. We've got to rebuild the foundation. See, Jesus told a story. If you build your life on sand, when the storms come, it's going to collapse. Our nation, our culture is collapsing. You know a country that's thriving I read about? A little country called Hungary. Because they've based their constitution on the Bible. They've based their laws on the Bible. Uh, There's some things that we embrace over here that are illegal there. You know, and, and, uh, and, and stuff like that. But, but we've got to rebuild that foundation. I mean, think about this. What makes something wrong? Is it because I think it's wrong or you think it's wrong? See, that's not what makes something wrong or right. It's not even what our government says is wrong or right because they change. See, something is either right because God said it's right or wrong. See, God's honest, so when we're dishonest, we're not portraying the character of God. God is just, so when we're unjust with people, we're going against the character of God. You see, when, when, when we're unfaithful, God is faithful. And so we know unfaithfulness is wrong because God is faithful. When we're hateful, we know that's, that's wrong because God is a God of love, not a God of hate. And so when, we're, when we act different from the character of the one who made us, we're wrong. And when we act like the character of the one who made us, we're right. That's how you know right and wrong. Real simple, right? It's real simple. Does it line up with God or does it line up with me? See, Proverbs says this. He shows how to distinguish right from wrong. He shows us how to do that, how to find the right decision every time. I mean, there used to be people that were trying. Y'all may remember this. There was a period of time when they started trying to teach values, values-based education in the schools, but doing it without God. And that didn't work out too well. Uh, There's a saying that says, morality without God is impossible. Morality without God is impossible. You know who said that? Abraham Lincoln. Another one is a moral government without God. Wake up back there, y'all. A moral government without God is impossible. A moral government without God is impossible. George Washington said that as they formed the government. Our government was based on you've got to have God and a moral standard for the republic kind of government we've got to survive. If not, it will not because anything goes. And we hurt people 
uh, we don't help people that we need to help. We do things that we shouldn't do and, uh, and because we've gotten off track. A moral government without God is impossible, according to George Washington. Paul said this, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true. Circle that word, true. Teach us what's true. Make us realize what's wrong in our lives. And then it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. Circle, do what's right. It teaches us to do what's right in our lives. I mean, God says it and it's true. And whether I understand it or agree with it or not, it's still true. Because it came from God. That's what Paul's saying. I'll give you a little extra. It's not in your outline, but here's how you can know something's true and, and when it's an opinion. Truth is universal. Truth is universal. It's true all the time. And it applies to everybody. It applies, uh, you know, uh, to everyone everywhere around the world in every culture. It, it does not, you know, if it doesn't apply everywhere, it's not true. It's an opinion. The second thing not only is truth universal, truth is unchanging. It's always the same. It doesn't change. For instance, adultery was wrong 4,000 years ago. It was wrong 2,000 years ago, and it's still wrong today. That's a universal truth. It doesn't change. Truth is unchanging, and it's universal. Facts, don't, uh, facts change, but truth doesn't. I want you to understand it. Facts change, but truth doesn't. I'm going to give you an example. At one time... Our scientists said the smallest particle was an atom. I remember when they said that. I was in school. I actually listened in that class. And, uh, and then, then they discovered there's layers below the size of an atom. So science was wrong. The facts were wrong, but truth is still there. You know, I mean, here, you know, there's even smaller things. So science changes. Facts change. But truth doesn't. See, what's the benefit of building your life on absolute, universal, and unchanging truth? See, the truth we live by doesn't change like some facts do. You know, and, and, uh, and so what's the benefit of that? Look at Psalms 119, 105 with me. He says, your words are a flashlight and a light to the path ahead of me. You ever walked in a really dark area and hit your middle big toe on something that you wish you hadn't hit it on? And, I mean, you're seeing stars. It lights up the room because the stars are so bright in your brain. I mean, you know, I mean, he's a light for us to show our path. I mean, to light the path ahead of us and keep us from what? Stumbling. One benefit when we build our life based on something that doesn't change, based on the Lord, based on uh, his word, is that we won't stumble. Second thing, Proverbs 16, 20 says, Those who listen to instruction will prosper, and those who trust the Lord will be joyful. So we'll, we won't stumble, we'll be joyful, and we're going to be prosperous. Now, before you just start thinking I'm a TV preacher or anything, I'm not talking about getting a jet, anything like that, but God will always take care of you. And let me tell you, if you don't think we're prosperous, the, the poorest person in this room is richer than 90% of the world. If I build my life on unchanging principles, of God found in his word, I'm going to be happy, prosperous, and I'm not going to split my toes wide open. I'm, I'm not going to trip up. So it boils down to a choice we need to make. It comes down to making a choice. Uh, one, new, one year Newsweek did a magazine article said, who's justice? Who's morality? You know, who, whose values? 
And that's the issue. Whose values are we going to trust? What values are we going to base our life on? So you can base your decisions on what you know and make yourself the ultimate decider. Internal, you can do internal choices. In other words, you know, you choose what your characters are going to be based on you. You're, you're, the, you're the decider. You can choose on external standards. You, can, you know, that, that's where you're looking at what's trending. You'd be amazed how many people do that. What's trending is what they're living by. And if they put something out there that they believe, if it doesn't get into likes, they're going to change their belief. That's, that's external. Or you can choose to depend on God, to base your life on God and His Word. Things that are eternal, things that don't change. So that last blank, I know some of y'all are looking at me like, you got one more blank to fill out. Are you going to put me? Are you going to put culture? Or are you going to put God there? Which one are you going to place there? You're going to put me? I mean, if you're going to put me, then, you know, I almost said don't come back because you're not going to like the rest of it. But, I mean, you need to come back because I'm going to try and sell you on putting God there. If you put culture there, you need to come back because I'm going to try and sell you on putting God there. This has kind of been an intro. It's not going to be negative next, next time, all right? It, it picks it up from here, but we've got to decide what we're going to base our life on. These values that we're fixing to look at out of the Bible if we're not willing to base our lives on them, they're no, of no use to us. But if you could say this morning, I choose God. Matter of fact, uh, you know, she's going to start playing. I, I want you to think about this. What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose, River Church? Are, are you going to choose yourself? It's all about me. Are you going to choose culture where you're just flip-flopping? I mean, look, that stuff changes.